Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. I'm Greta Thomas. And I'm Claire Hatton. We're all about producing content where you can be inspired by and learn from amazing female entrepreneurs and leaders to help you achieve and even exceed your career goals. Before we begin this week's episode, though, it would mean a huge amount if you could rate and review our show if you haven't already. Consider it as your kind deed for the day. And we'd love to hear from you. So why not follow us or message us on LinkedIn? Mention the podcast and we'll be all ears. And now enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the show. Oh my goodness. I don't know about you, Gret, but I've had a huge week and I haven't got near finishing my to-do list, let alone contemplate the end of year festivities. Yeah, I know how you feel. It's definitely a crazy time of year. But you know, someone who I get the feeling always has a pretty packed to-do list is today's guest on the show. It's the unique and pioneering Dot Bustello. Now, Dot is founder and CEO of a business called Loop, which streams and sells art from around the world, and in doing so, helps make all those black television screens in our daily lives, whether it's in public spaces or in our homes, it makes those screens way more interesting and appealing. And not only that, Loop also allows access to select NFT artworks and is also ranked number one lifestyle app in 73 countries on Apple TV. It's pretty amazing. Dot founded Loop seven years ago after pivoting away from her music industry career, including nearly 10 years at Apple, as well as being a music producer. Never want to believe in having a conventional career? In this episode, you'll hear Dot explain how she came up with the idea for Loop and why she couldn't believe it hadn't already been done. The key things she learned after nearly a decade working at Apple, why she thinks NFTs, non-fungible tokens, are so revolutionary, Dot's firm belief that we all have more control over what we do in our careers than most people think, and the number one habit Dot relies on to stay focused and centred. Now, a quick heads up for transparency that Claire and I learned about Loop because we're investors in a female-focused venture capital fund that invested in Loop a year or so ago. And we're very glad that we did, as Dot is a uniquely creative and entrepreneurial leader, and we think you'll be fascinated by our conversation. Enjoy. Dot Vestello, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's quite an honor to be here. We're really excited to be speaking with you today. And I think you mentioned you're in Atlanta, is that right? Absolutely. What's the weather been like today? Oh gosh, it's feeling a little bit like August. It's almost 80 degrees. 
Fantastic. Wow. That's pretty cool. It's probably about the same in Sydney, I think. <laughs> so, but uh, that sounds amazing. Well, we start our show the same way and we ask all of our guests, you know, Dot, if you met someone at a dinner party for the first time and they asked you, what do you do? How would you sort of fairly briefly answer them? I would say the same thing to someone I meet at a dinner party that I say to the taxi driver that uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Loop. We stream art from all over the world on television and we sell the art that's streaming. Would you like to see it? And then I <laughs> hold up my phone and I try not to have the taxi driver get in an accident because they get surprised <laughs> when they see it. That's classic. We'll come to the detail of Loop in a minute. But, you know, is there a story for how you came to found Loop? It really is a convergence of so many ideas that I had and observations I had, whether it was uh, in my own recording studio wanting some visual inspiration while I was working on electronic music. And I'd start running old movies without the sound just to have cool visuals while working on the music. That wasn't original, but it seemed to relax everyone when they came over to my studio. I'm a, I'm a sci-fi head, so I'd be running old sci-fi or black and white films, anything where every frame was like a work of art. It puzzled me why I was running old movies without the sound to have cool visuals while working on music. So that was one direction of the sort of the inspiration for the company of why do I have to work so hard to have something cool to look at on my TV while listening to music, let alone working on it. And then it puzzled me every time I'd go out and I'd be sitting in a nice hotel bar trying to relax and have a drink and every detail of that hotel bar had been taken into consideration. The music, the lighting, the bar stools. And then you look up at the TV and it was just crap on the TV. <laughs> and it was just like a vibe killer that was just nothing atmospheric that was on that TV screen. And so it was both in the home, in the studio, and out of home, walking around every airport, everywhere you go. And I just started seeing underutilized screens. And, you know, then it sort of became fun when I'd be out catching up with friends and I'd start talking about this idea I had to stream art from all over the world on television. And without exception, people would be like, I'd use that. I'd use that. And it just seemed like I was on to one of those ideas. And I could have started it a few years before I did, but I was so sure that one of the big tech companies was going to do it before me because the idea was just so obvious to stream art, to give artists all over the world this new opportunity for discovery, that there's no way that the big tech companies that had disrupted every single type of media and intellectual property with streaming, that they weren't going to do it with visual art. That's so fascinating. You know, but what's so curious is you spent 
as I understand it, you know, all of your early career with music, yeah. do you miss music? Because it's such a change of worlds, <laughs> it seems at least. Well, uh, I have not left the music world. Many of my friends and my lifestyle still centers around music. I really did enjoy performing on stage, but I feel that as the CEO of a platform such as Loop, it's almost like every day is its own stage. I like the freedom that you really can do what you want in this life. You know, you sort of get pigeonholed easily by the education system of what are you you training yourself to be able to do? Like there's supposed to be this one path and that's all you're going to do with your life. When in fact, we really do have the freedom to pursue any interest, passion, idea, innovation, whenever it strikes you. That's so true, isn't it? It's very exciting to have all of these amazing opportunities that you can sort of go towards, but we don't, we often stay in our, in our swim lane, don't we? I think education's got such a lot to answer for there too, because it Absolutely. teaches you to be very linear. 100%, yeah. 100%. And really the only person that holds you back from pursuing another path is yourself. Yeah. Was it hard for you to give yourself permission to do that? Or have you always sort of been one of those people that (laughs) likes to be different? I don't know any other way besides being different. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, it was even when I realized that I had this inclination to, to program and produce electronic music. No one said, okay, Dot. You can produce music now. You have to proclaim that for yourself. I suppose if I was going to be a doctor, it's a more specific path that you have to complete medical school. But the path of becoming a music producer, it's when you self-proclaim, okay, I finished a track, so I am a music producer. And then you walk around and people are like, well, what do you do? Oh, I produce music. And I realized I produced music when I started finishing the ideas I had. I think that's the strongest way to, to become anything is to tell yourself that's what you're going to do. It's sort of like you taking action of finishing something and you become it. That's really important, I think. I mean, obviously, professions like law and and medicine and a couple others, you know, you do have to finish very specific programs. There is uh, no specific program I completed to found a global streaming platform. No, but you did have many, many different steps that got you there, including spending, I think, nearly 10 years working for Apple. Yes. You know, I, I know that you... You landed there after Apple acquired Logic Pro, who you'd been working for. If you had to summarize, you know, what it was like working for Apple Mm. as part of that journey, Mm -hmm. how would you summarize it? So the value that came from working in Apple was being immersed in what I've described as a culture of excellence. And that culture of excellence is spoken and unspoken, that you're working with people that are going to proactively do what needs to be done. 
nobody waits for the assignments. They're figuring out what needs to be done and make sure that it's done well. And it's just an ethos. It's just, it's just the way. And I suppose it makes me impatient with people that don't operate that way, that it was, it was a given that you're going to do whatever it takes, work as late as it needs, work whatever it takes, figure out, find out how to get it done well. And, you know, everything from setting up to do a stage demo, you get there the day before, you test your equipment the day before. You know, everything was just an attention to detail that I have a lot of respect for. Yeah, I can imagine that really does sort of show that kind of commitment for excellence. If we come back to Loop, perhaps you could just tell us what are the main current use cases for mm-hmm. Loop? Where where would we find it or how are people using it today? Oh, gosh. I mean, people are streaming Loop all over the world. We're currently on 14 television platforms, on living room TVs. You can find us on essentially every major TV platform, Samsung, LG, Vizio, as far as the TV manufacturers, on Sony TVs as well, whether a Google Play Store, Android, the Android TV app that we have, our Apple TV app is ranked number one lifestyle app now in 73 countries, on Amazon Fire, Univision, VIX, Comcast TVs. So essentially, anyone that has what's called a connected TV, an internet-enabled TV, has a path to stream loop. And then for the individual, say myself, and excuse my ignorance here, if I wanted to stream, is there a cost to me or is that borne by the um, the manufacturer or does it vary depending on the use there case? There is no cost for you. God, that sounds too good <laughs> to be true. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, we also stream loop out of home. We're slowly tackling trying to fix that experience I was describing of sitting in a nice hotel bar and not having something beautiful on the TV screen. We have a partnership with Caesars Entertainment. We stream in casinos in Las Vegas. We have condo lobbies, you know, multifamily residential buildings that stream loop in the common areas and lobbies, elevator areas. So we have been making inroads in what I describe as the screen economy, these beautiful 4K high-resolution TVs in and out of home that are being underutilized. We're getting there. We're getting to a lot of them. It's such a fascinating idea. And so what briefly is the sort of the business model for you to be able to keep rolling out and looking to expand? Sure. There's a lot of different ways that the content is licensed. We have TV partners. Some of our TV platforms have advertising and the TV partners rev share with us that advertising. We just closed a very exciting deal with Amazon for their screensaver. You can see a number of loop artists on one of the new, it's called a QLED TV from Amazon. And we sell the art that's streaming. So we have a connected marketplace for fine art prints, for select originals, 
and we are building out our own marketplace for NFTs. So uh, artists so will be able to mint NFTs through Loop. Very interesting. NFTs obviously are a, a new and growing sort of yeah. currency f- for artists. Yes. How are you sort of thinking about all the changing technology that's going on, including <laughs> blockchain and yeah. the metaverse and yes. NFTs? It's phenomenal. It's creating such a renaissance for creators to have all of these converging technologies at once. And what's crazy is that so many people are not familiar with it. And unless you've looked in this direction and started reading and and paying attention to it, it's not even on a lot of people's radar. And then on the other side, you have these hugely exciting communities of people, you know, the NFT conferences where really, I sort of hate the word smart because it's so subjective, but we'll just use it for now. Really smart, creative, energetic people are so excited to build with all these new technology tools of blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFTs, metaverse, as you say, And it's truly creating a renaissance. You know, we're going to have to be 10, 20 years ahead to look back on exactly what got created. But there is something big underway. You know, I could group all the people in my world in two groups, the people that have absolutely no knowledge about it. And I'll be at one of those dinner parties you asked me about at the beginning of this conversation of, you know, you're at a dinner party. And every time I'm at a dinner party today, so what is an NFT? You know, those conversations, and then the totally other side of the spectrum of the frenzy of excitement of what's building, the brands, the forward thinking brands that are leaning in, leaning into it, brands that we're having conversations with at Loop that are creating collections of NFTs and very much in need of broadening the ecosystem of collectors around NFTs. And they're excited about the opportunity that we have from all of this TV distribution to display the digital collectibles of visual art on television. It's almost like two parallel universe right right now of people frenetically excited about it and people that have no clue what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting, isn't it? We may have some of our listeners actually sitting here listening, saying, I'm one of those people that actually doesn't know what an NFT is. Do you mind just really briefly explaining what it is for them? Sure. I'll do my best to give, you know, it's it's one of those terms that I want to make sure that I'm I'm giving a good definition for for the dictionary. Are, are you familiar with the concept of a smart contract? Do we need to to start there? Maybe. Are we we are, but I'm not sure about our listeners. Sure. So, a smart contract, it sounds like a legal document, but it's actually a piece of code that is recorded on the blockchain that is publicly visible of a transaction. So if I buy an NFT from you, 
then it will be recorded through the smart contract on this publicly visible ledger known as the blockchain. So a artist or a creator can create this digital asset known as an NFT that's associated with their piece of art or otherwise their creation. It doesn't have to be a piece of art. I mean, we, we're associating NFTs with art, but it could be Ticketmaster is creating NFTs and they go in every direction of brands creating this digital asset that ties you to that brand. And along with purchasing this digital asset, this digital collectible, aka the token, the NFT, any number of other utilities can be attached to the purchase of that NFT. You know, for example, the famous example of the Bored Apes, where when you purchased a Bored Ape, you also were being assigned merchandising rights. So you could open up a restaurant with the likeness, with the image of that Bored Ape that you purchased. So you're essentially being given a whole brand when you purchase that cute little caricature of an ape. So what is so exciting about NFTs it's redefining concepts of ownership insofar as if you're the creator of an NFT and I purchase it and I sell it to someone else, you will receive recurring revenue from the resale of your NFT. And that's never been possible before to track the resale of uh, a digital asset. This is a way for creators to have recurring revenue from something they've created because it's all recorded through that smart contract on the blockchain. If I sell it, then anyone can know that I sold it. So it's creating this new definition of ownership and also another very overused word around uh, the concepts and, and value of NFTs is community. Everyone that's buying the NFTs from Star Wars, the NFTs of, you know, I use the example of the Bored Apes or of any particular artist becomes part of the community of NFT owners. I loved your explanation, particularly of the, the revenue mm -hmm. stream if future sales of an NFT and there's a creator um, at the instigation of that NFT, you know, that they get revenue. That's such a clear difference to the today's model. What I'm curious about is how do you see this all evolving? Because, you know, you can have NFTs sure. that are solely linked to digital assets, yeah. but you can also have an NFT linked to a limited edition expensive handbag, mm -hmm. for example, in the real physical world, yeah. which way do you see becoming the most prevalent or do you think it's going to be both? It's going to be all of it. You know, we might not be calling them NFTs in 10 years, but this idea of assigning ownership to digital assets across the board is almost like asking, well, who's going to really benefit from the internet? It's a very, very broad technology that's affecting everyone, a sense of assigning ownership to digital assets. We are in an era, and we have been for decades, of a proliferation 
of digital assets. There needed to be a way to rein it in and assign value. It's really across the board how this assignment of value of digital assets will impact every single industry. Yeah. And so how are you, Dot, thinking about how this changes loop and streaming art? Well, it's really a progression of the same thesis of loop that we stream and sell art from all over the world. It's always been the thesis of loop. So now we have a means to sell another type of product on behalf of the artists. And so it's just a progression of our marketplace. Now, beyond the progression of our own marketplace, there's the many, many NFT marketplaces being created that need discovery. So we have the opportunity, we have started streaming select collections from third-party NFT marketplaces. There's an incredible collection of NFTs from an NFT marketplace based in Brooklyn called voice.com. And they have a lot of amazing NFTs of digital artists that they're streaming select collections on our platform. And it's allowing visibility for those NFTs on Samsung, LG, Vizio, Apple TVs. So because of this broad distribution we have for 4K televisions that really do justice to visual assets, we become almost a marketing tool for other NFT marketplaces looking to grow their collector base. It's really exciting how many sort of opportunities Loop seems to have. One of the interesting areas I would imagine, although it's very nascent, is the metaverse. How how do you think about Loop going into the metaverse? So I personally love the metaverse. It's, you know, I've got my Oculus Quest 2 and I wouldn't say I'm hardcore like some people, but when I go into those worlds with goggles, it is mind-blowing what's being created there. Just mind-blowing, visually exciting. Loop has not yet entered virtual worlds. We're looking as we do with everything we do with the right intentional path for us to stream our art in the metaverse. As exciting as it is, it is still a very small community of people that are putting on their goggles at the end of the day and playing around in the metaverse. And as a young company, we're focused more on the broader ecosystem of living room TVs and all those out-of-home big screens. It's just not yet the time for loop to stream in the metaverse, but we are certainly open to it. That makes sense because you've got such a big opportunity and being focused is, I'm sure, incredibly important. And, you know, talking about being focused, do you have any habits that you either have in place or know that you need to have in place in order to create that sort of level of focus? Uh, this isn't an original one, but I do run every morning and I've been running every morning since I was 16. I love that act of 
going outside and feeling the uniqueness of the day and just that that fresh air of outside, let alone just the exercise piece of, of running in the morning, the way it frees your mind and, and helps you, you focus your thoughts for the day. The secret for me of, of that consistency is how short I run. And most people that if I see a neighbor walking a dog, they're, they're out longer walking their dog than I run. So it's the consistency is because I always have five minutes for a run. That's so true. And, and coming back to that sort of resilience piece that you talked mm-hmm. about, you know, that persistence, mm. where do you think that came from? Mm. Well, I spent a lot of time as a child by myself and, you know, just sort of playing by myself and making up games for myself. But as far as what the question of persistence and where it is it come from, it's a good question. It's essential. I mean, I, I, it's almost like a survival mechanism. If you want to achieve anything, you you don't really have a choice. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because persistence is not something that everybody has. Mm. And I'm always intrigued about, you know, well, where's it come from? Has it come from having gone through really difficult times and persisting through them? Or is it something that you get from your parents or your childhood, or is it just something that's innate? For me, it comes and goes. So if I'm really motivated and passionate about something, I can have almost infinite persistence. But if I'm not really motivated and 100% all in, then that persistence is naturally going to be diluted significantly. So I think it can also vary based on, if you like, the cause that's driving you. That's true. That's true. That might be getting too deep, but I remember as a child going through a very like sort of uh, existential crisis at a young age of like, what is the point of all of this? Like age four, like it just, you know, I had a grandparent pass and I'm like, what is the point of this life? And, you know, it was just early on trying to establish what really gave purpose. And so I've consistently thrown myself into whatever I was working on, or whether it was learning how to make a beat, just thrown myself into it to trick myself into this higher sense of purpose. So I didn't give up on life. Wow. When you think about that age four, that's something people tend to go through much sort of later in life. Well, we're getting very serious here, no? (laughs) We are. We are. This resilience piece is just so important, particularly in this world that we're living in right now. It is. And it's kind of a nice segue. What do you think is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? There is an extraordinary piece of advice that I was given that I turned to for decades that came from a South African astrologer. I lived in her home. She taught me what she called choosing your reality. The advice was an exercise to do with yourself that I do from time to time when when I'm feeling a little bit uncentered. You just take one sheet of paper 
and you divide it in, in into two columns. And one column is called condition, and the next column is called I choose. Under the column that's titled condition, you make a list of 10 conditions in your life that you're not happy with. Now, that's not as easy as it sounds. It's usually pretty easy to come up with like three or four conditions that are driving you crazy. But to take that time to just write out 10 conditions that you're not happy with, and you remember I said it's two columns, across from each of those conditions is the I choose. And what you want instead of that condition. And don't hold yourself back by how am I going to get there? How is that going to be possible? You just pick what you want instead of that condition you're not happy with. And just that process of writing out those 10 conditions and across from them what you choose instead And then you let the universe realign for you around those choices of what you want instead of those conditions that you're not happy with. That is so interesting and such a great way of sort of reframing your thoughts. It's fascinating because sometimes you can think of what those conditions are, but you kind of scratch your head of what you want instead. Sometimes it's obvious, but, you know, just to really get it into a couple of words, what it is you want instead. It's a fun exercise. So I love that advice and ultimately that it is about choosing your reality. Yeah, that's, it sounds as if you've really been using that to its, to its foremost. I'm probably do. Right. And then I carry it around. It's fun to, you know, look at it, but I think I'm probably due to fill it out again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe maybe we've um, inspired you to to do that exercise again. Dot, just a a last question before we leave you, because we know that you're super busy and it's quite a big question, I guess. What does success look like for you? Well, you know, I've gotten the idea of loop out of my head, but we have yet to realize the full vision of the possibility of loop when it's a household name like Netflix, where there are these infinite visual experiences that people walk into in their home, in the airport, that free the mind, that are inspiring, that bring a vibe and culture into daily life. And in the process Success will mean that this has become profitable to everyone that's been involved with making this possible. Our artists first, our investors, all of our partners, and our team, that everyone is seeing success from this visual art experience that's brought into daily life. Well, that sounds phenomenal. What an impact you'll make actually on the world So thank you so much, Dot. It's been such a pleasure talking to you and learning more about you and about Loop. If our listeners wanted to find out more about you and Loop, where would they go? About Loop, they would go to loopart.com, L-O-U-P-E-A-R-T.com. There's a little info button 
with a whole universe of details about the company and uh, about the marketplace and how to buy the art and where to stream the art on TV. So loopart.com would be a good place to start. And of course, the social media, our Instagram is another good one. To find out about me, I'm not as important as Loop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure they'll be able to find you on LinkedIn if they wanted to see you. But basically, listeners, go to Loop. That's where it's all happening. So once again, thanks so much, Dot. We really appreciate your time and your energy. I'm honored that you wanted to speak to me about my very humble path of building this and about what we've built. It's so exciting and it's so great to also see the work and love talking to you, Dot. Thank you so much. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Thank you again. Thank you. The more you think about it, you know, the more simple and brilliant an idea streaming artworks on otherwise dormant and black TV screens seems, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. And to have made such inroads without first having been in the visual art world is really impressive. Yeah, you know, I guess it's Dot's attitude about having self-belief and that sense of freedom to make different career choices that she talked about earlier, you know, that's really helped her in her quest to build Loop. Yeah, and I was also fascinated by the advice that she shared, you know, to list 10 conditions in your life that you're not happy with and then write down what conditions you'd choose instead. And yeah, because presumably that act of writing them down, you know, getting explicit is what then helps you subconsciously sort of manifest or move towards those things you'd prefer you know a bit like having a vision board or having goals yeah and and it's obviously had a big impact on dot's life well that's this episode done and dusted our next episode in two weeks will be our last episode for the year and will be a special one so look out for that in the meantime take care have fun and have a great week ciao for now Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.